you suffer from numbness, tingling, burning, or pain in your feet and legs? It could be caused by something as simple and common as a B1 deficiency. This is Dr. Ronald Hoppen with a solution for low B1. Zobria. Zobria is a safe, effective, and clinically proven nutritional supplement containing a high-potency bioactive form of vitamin B1, which has been shown to reverse symptoms caused by low B1 with no side effects. Low B1 causes your nerve cells to stop functioning properly, resulting in numbness, tingling, burning, and pain in the feet and legs. It may also contribute to forgetfulness, loss of mental focus, fatigue, and loss of appetite. Restoring proper B1 levels has been shown to improve the functioning of these nerve cells. You can get Zobria risk-free by going to zobria.com. That's zobria.com and get 20% off with coupon code Hoffman at checkout. This offer is only available to Intelligent Medicine listeners. That's zobria.com. Vitamin B1 perfected. Welcome to Layla Ways In here on Intelligent Medicine. Thank you for listening to these podcasts. We really appreciate it, Dr. Hoffman and I. Uh, I am compelled to bring you compelling information about health, wellness, nutrition, all of the above. If you'd like to email me questions, topics of interest, you can email me at radioprogram at AOL.com. That's radioprogram at AOL.com. If you'd like to make an appointment with me, I'm available in person via telehealth, via telephone. Call the office. Liz will set you up. That number is 212-779-1744. Again, 212-779-1744. Now, last week, or I think it came out this week, I wrote an article regarding neat substitutes in the Intelligent Medicine newsletter. <clears throat> if you haven't read it already, you can go to drhoffman.com. It should be up. And if you'd like to subscribe to the free newsletter, you may do so. Just go to drhoffman.com and sign up on the upper right-hand side. All you need to add there is your email. Uh, we don't sell your email. We don't use your email for any other reason. The newsletter is free. You can enjoy it. It comes out about once a week. And you may unsubscribe at any time. It normally comes out around Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday of every week. Now, last week, or as I was saying, uh, I wrote an article on meat substitutes. I had a question from a listener about what is my take on meat substitutes? Uh, are, the, are the ingredients above board? Are they okay? Are they safe to eat? And I went into it in the article. I talked about the use of hydrolyzed vegetable protein in at least a lot of veggie type burgers. That may be a gluten source. And I talked about the higher sodium uh, 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 milligrams in, in these types of products like uh, Beyond Burger or Beyond Meat, Impossible Burger. There's a good amount of sodium there. It's definitely over 300 milligrams a serving, so that's significant. And also the use of sunflower oil, that kind of adds the uh, the fat content to the vegan 
burger to the plant-based uh, uh, ingredients that they use. And sunflower oil is a, you know, pro-inflammatory omega-6 fat. Uh, that wouldn't be, uh, if you were eating a grass-fed burger, that's going to have a whole lot more omega-3 than any omega-6. But in the plant-based uh, uh, meat substitute, these burger products, they contain a lot, a good amount of sunflower oil. Some will contain canola as well. And again, these are pro-inflammatory fats. The other concern I have about it is that uh, they use soy. Many of these products do use soy uh, for protein. They also use rice and pea protein. So soy, as you know, is a goitrogen. It inhibits the uptake of iodine by the thyroid gland. And iodine is food for the thyroid in order to produce thyroid hormones, T3, T4. And uh, so that is a concern. Soy also has... Uh, uh, soy also has a lot of phytoestrogens, and that may adversely impact health as well, especially in men who use soy frequently. It may compete with their testosterone levels and squash it that way or something else. So things to watch out for. And definitely because these are plant-based proteins and not meat, there is carb content to them, uh, anywhere from three grams a burger to nine grams a burger I've seen in some of these servings of uh, Impossible. And coming to, and, and another thing that I came across after I wrote the article, because the article was already posted, at a website called GM Watch. It's a news and comment on genetically modified foods and their associated pesticides, apparently. So this is gmwatch.org. So there are safety concerns raised over Impossible Burger GMO fake meat ingredient. And what it says here is uh, they talk about soy leg hemoglobin. So it's a type of... Uh, iron, its soy leg hemoglobin, does not have a history of safe use in foods. Let me get into this article here. Impossible Foods, the U.S.-based fake meat maker that uses genetically engineered ingredients, has already managed to steer its fake meat Impossible Burger products past regulators in several countries, most notably the U.S. and Canada, though not without challenge. Uh, and they have other countries in their sites, including Australia and New Zealand, where they hope to have a product on the market within the next two years. The Australia-New Zealand food regulator, F-SANS, F-S-A-N-Z, has already approved the processing aid, the GM soy leg hemoglobin. That's what it is. It's a, it's a genetically modified soy leg hemoglobin that Impossible Products will add to make its product look and feel as though it is bleeding like real meat. Now, Impossible will be adding it to the product at about 0.8%. And because it's that kind of low, it doesn't have to be labeled. That reminds me of trans fats here in the United States. 
if a serving of cookies contains less than a gram of trans fat, they don't, they can claim that it is trans fat free. But who's eating only two cookies? If you're like most people, maybe you're having three or maybe you're having five. You're definitely getting more than a gram of trans fat. Anyway, so Impossible will add it to their product to make it look and feel as though it's bleeding like real meat. And this is called a genetically modified soy leg hemoglobin. Now, another organization, Friends of the Earth, Australia, and Gene Ethics, objection to the regulatory body of Australia, Australia New Zealand, which is FSANS, uh, they objected to their approval submitted in the year 2020. So they are objecting to the use or they're objecting to the regulatory body in Australia and New Zealand that is proving this processing aid, this genetically modified soy leg hemoglobin. So the submission points out that soy leg hemoglobin does not have a history of safe use in food. In fact, SLH, that's soy leg hemoglobin, in its natural state exists in the roots of soybeans and has thus far never been an integral part of the human diet. Well, that's interesting. Uh, in addition, Impossible Foods, soy leg hemoglobin, SLH, is derived from a strain of genetically modified Pichia pastoris yeast. Pichia pastoris yeast does not have a history of safe use in food. Well, that's also interesting because uh, yeast derivatives, things like that, may be problematic in susceptible individuals. Uh, the other thing is that soy, because it's so ubiquitous, it's it's almost in it's in so many processed food products uh, that it's become a, a one of the top eight allergens, along with eggs, wheat, dairy, milk, uh, peanuts, tree nuts, fish, shellfish. Soy is definitely now on that list. So, um, so as I was saying, they they're already adding. They're in addition, they're adding this genetically genetically modified Pichia pastoris yeast. And it doesn't have a history of safe use in food. Now, the regulatory body, Australia, New Zealand, FSANS, has not assessed all the proteins potentially found in SLH for safety. FSANS notes that not all batches of soy leg hemoglobin protein expressed in Pichia pastoris, quote, contain the same proteins nor protein at the same levels, end quote. FSAN states that, quote, the most common Pichia proteins present in the soy-like hemoglobin preparation have been identified and characterized, end quote. Given that even trace amounts of protein have the potential to cause anaphylaxis, the Friends of the Earth and Gene Ethics submission says, we consider it important that all the proteins produced be identified, characterized, and compared with known allergens. This is important because many people have severe anaphylactic reactions 
to foods that they're allergic to, soy being one of them. And apparently sesame may be number nine on that list, but I digress. That will be uh, fodder for another podcast. I'll get into that. And furthermore, contrary to F. Sands's assertion that none of the 17 proteins that it assessed are significantly similar to known toxins or allergens, Impossible Food supporting documents, uh, which for some reason have now been removed from F. Sands's website, hmm, state that a number of the proteins produced show similarities to known toxins and allergens. So, uh, it is worrying, Friends of the Earth and Gene Ethics also point out uh, that the short 28-day rat feeding study that Impossible Foods commissioned on soy leg hemoglobin showed worrying effects in the rats, including signs of inflammation or kidney disease and possible signs of anemia. So the European Food Safety Authority is currently reviewing a 2019 application from Impossible Foods for EU approval of the genetically modified yeast-derived soy leg hemoglobin. If, F, if, the, if the European Food Safety Authority lends its support to this approval, Impossible Foods genetically modified fake meat burger could be sold in the EU. And gmwatch.org, that's gmwatch, will, of course, oppose this move, as they should. And now this is more news to me about some of the ingredients in these, uh, in these fake meat products. So, uh, wow. Wow. So uh, maybe I'll update that article at a later time and discuss more of this in detail, but... Those are my concerns with those products, and there you have it. So you could choose to eat them. You could choose not to eat them. It's up to you. It's up to you. Uh, but this plant-based world, plant-based diet movement, this vegan movement, does have me concerned because it's not always the best quality ingredients that you're going to find in these fake meat products. It's also becoming too much carbohydrate, too much grain, too much inflammatory omega-6 in that grain, uh, too much uh, other, other issues like uh, uh, toxicants, what are they spraying the stuff with, and especially if they're using a lot of genetically modified crops, which is the whole point of the plant-based movement, in my opinion, is so they can move more towards GMO, because then they could feed more people on the planet, because you know, crops can be genetically modified to grow faster and withstand more pesticide, herbicide, Roundup, all of that stuff. But what does that do to our health, to our life, right? Um, it doesn't sound much like having much to do with saving the planet or saving human life, in my, uh, in my opinion. Uh, I've got a question here from Gabe. Can you weigh in on why processed foods why they are bad for you? Well, processed foods, and when I say processed foods, I'm using that 
is kind of a, a title to address, you know, junk food, junk food, fast food, convenience food, that type of a thing. Food that's not generally shelved around the perimeter of the grocery store, like where your meats and your produce are, but up and down the aisles on shelves, you know, where things are processed, uh, hydrogenate, hydrogenated fats are added to extend shelf life, or the fats and oils that are used are not very healthy. And this is one of the reasons processed food is not great for us. Oftentimes they're laden with sugar. We know that sugar is not good for us in terms of our own blood sugar. It ages us, it rusts us, it suppresses our immunity when we need our immune systems in working order more than ever before in our lives, probably, and going forward. Processed food contain a lot of artificial ingredients that our livers may not know how to process properly. You know, anything you read on, a, on an ingredient label that you don't know or understand, you should not be consuming. There are a lot of emulsifiers, dough conditioners, fake fats, you know, mono and diglycerides, hydrogenated uh, fats and oils like soybean oil, cottonseed oil, peanut oil, things of that nature. Uh, there are antifungal agents added to a lot of these products to extend their shelf life. A lot of, even some produce is sprayed with some of the antifungal stuff, especially if they're traveling a long distance. That's why you want to eat more local or grow your own if you can in your, in your yard. Have your vegetable patch, grow a fruit tree, maybe in your front yard if you have the real estate to do so. And the other thing is ultra processed foods. I'm talking about the foods at a lot of chain restaurants. I won't name any names, but they use a lot of seasonings that contain a lot of monosodium glutamate, not to mention just way too much sodium, way too much salt. That's why you find yourself so thirsty after a meal like that. Um, a lot of these ingredients, uh, and, uh, and the food science that's applied to these foods, they make the food hyper palatable, meaning you don't have to chew so much. It's not like eating a nice dense bowl of salad where you've got a lot of fiber in there. But these hyper palatable foods have a, have a nice melty texture and mouthfeel, right? Which is having us chasing the dopamine. It's hijacking our brains for that hyperpalatable, that texture, that mouthfeel, that particular crunch of that McDonald's French fry or Burger King French fry. A lot of food science went into that for the aroma to be perfect, for the crispness of that French fry to be perfect, for the taste and the texture, the mouthfeel of that to be perfect. I mean, that's food science and that's what sells this stuff. But again, they're not using good quality fats or oils to cook them in. Uh, you have to question the ingredients of the French fry itself. Uh, a lot of them will use also uh, various seasonings and things that may not be, you know, if you're, if you're vegan and they're using, you know, beef powder to flavor your French fry, you as a vegan may have a problem with that. But if they're using other things like maybe uh, MSG-based seasonings and so many 
of these uh, uh, prepared seasonings that come in packets and things, mm -hmm. they've got MSG all throughout. And that makes food, it, it makes food very palatable. It's got a great flavor. It adds that meatiness. It's a glutamate fix for our brain. We're chasing dopamine still, and it makes us hungry because all that MSG uh, enhances gastric emptying. That means it makes our food, the contents in our stomach empty faster. So what does that mean when our stomach is empty? It's time to eat again. That's what's going on there. It's time to eat again. So that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about hyper palatable, ultra processed, hyper palatable foods. So instead of having that peanut butter and jelly sandwich on white bread, you know, for your lunch, maybe you'll have a nice piece of grilled chicken over a bed of arugula or a side of broccoli rabe or spinach or broccoli or something like that or some homemade coleslaw with maybe some roast chicken. And I'm talking, eat the skin on that chicken breast, that chicken thigh. There's collagen there. This is the way to eat. You want to eat food the way it's found in nature. That means you're shopping the perimeter of the grocery store. Again, not opting for the packaged processed foods that we're talking about. And you're getting additional modified food starches. These are gluten sources, especially in a fat-free or a low-fat fat product. That's, that's a particular pet peeve for me. Like even look at a container of low-fat or non-fat yogurt. They've taken the fat out, but they've added modified food starch. That's a junky carbohydrate, and it's probably genetically modified, or it's probably a source of gluten. This is not how you want to eat. This is not the way to eat food. So, Gabe, I thank you for that question. And I thank those of you who write me. You can email me to radioprogram at AOL.com. That's radioprogram at AOL.com. And I want to thank you for joining me on another edition of Layla Ways In here on Intelligent Medicine. Do you suffer with chronic pain? Are you taking risky, over-the-counter, or prescription anti-inflammatory drugs? This is Dr. Ronald Hopkins with a better natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals. Liquid Turmeric Liposome Complex. Future Farm's liquid turmeric with liposomes and nanotechnology delivers maximum absorption for effective pain relief. Sourced and manufactured in the United States, this product contains 1,600 milligrams of curcumin and powerful antioxidant properties. This plant-based curcumin is used to possibly reduce inflammation, block proteins that trigger swelling, and intercept inflammatory pathways, significantly decreasing inflammatory responses. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Don't live with pain when there's an all-natural, science-based remedy that works. myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. This is Layla Mudin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.